things that are happening in the world. So let's uh, open up your Bibles. And we're going to go to Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. The thing about, we've been going through verse by verse the book of Ephesians. And it's been really awesome, honestly, to go through that book and to see all that God's doing. But here we are, going through this, talking about the armor of God. Look at your neighbor and say, armor up. We have to armor up. And I was thinking about the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I was thinking about well, I was actually just going through them, and I only made it through Matthew, and I was looking at all the testimonies of how Jesus touched so many lives. I mean, miracles, healings, deliverances, and, and it just kind of blew me away. And as I was going through Matthew, I found out there's like 27 in the entire four Gospels, 27 different stories of people being Touched by Jesus. And that's just some that are recorded. We know there's so many more uh, that took place. But I got to thinking about this, and I got to thinking, when you read those, and you see their messed up lives, you see their battles, what you're really seeing is yourself. The harlot at the well, that's me and you. I, I think about her and, and, and the things that we've done. You know, the leper who was healed and he was told not to tell, but he couldn't stop from telling what Jesus had done for him. The paralyzed man who could not move and four friends grabbed him, carried him to where Jesus was, and they broke in. They tore a hole in the roof and lowered him down. Come on now. Who's got friends like that? I need friends like that that are willing to pick me up and say, come on. I don't care how you're feeling. We're going to get this taken care of. I love that. I got to thinking about the cripple man laying by the gate beautiful. And he tells Jesus, what? Nobody helps me get in to the pool. But nobody helps me. No, there was two stories there. I think about the widow. Jesus was in the temple. They had like nine or 11 kettles there. And he was sitting close enough, and he was watching people bring in their offering, and he was close enough to see a widow put in two mites, all that she had, because a lot of people would throw that money in and people were like, whoa, they gave a lot. But he was close enough to know what she gave and he said, she gave more than all. Thank God for widows, amen, that are out there giving and pouring. I say thank God for moms that have such an impact on their children. And then I got to thinking about the two blind men. They didn't know what to do, and all they could say was, Son of David, have mercy on us. Son of David, have mercy on us. Everybody's like, shh, shh, 
You're interrupting the service. Son of David! And Jesus opens their blind eyes. Oh, my goodness. Crazy. Or the adulteress that was about to be stoned. Oh, my goodness. Now, they talk about what Jesus wrote in the dirt. He didn't write in the dirt. They were on stony ground. Could it be that he was carving? And all that Pharisees and Sadducees and leaders were like, oh, my gosh. I don't know. But all of a sudden, because she was caught in adultery, where was the man at? Where was the guy at? These people were you and me. They were you and me. How many times do we let our pride judge others down? Amen? And I'm talking about those that have come and want something from God, but yet we're like, oh. I'm not talking about those in actual rebellion against God. Then I think about the prodigal. How many times have we gone to the Lord for our prodigals? And finally, eating the pods of pigs. When he had lost it all and a drought came, a famine had come, and he realized, I could go back to my father's house and be a servant and be so much better off. That's you and I. When we get to the point where we come to our senses, and I'm telling you, America's going to come to that point. We're not there. America's about to come to their senses. One way or the other, it's about to happen. I believe that. We can't sustain what we're doing. Then I think about the shepherds out there alone, just doing their jobs, tending their sheep. And the angel appears to them and says, hey, go. The Messiah is born. Go see him. God is so good. That's you and I. There are times Jesus just shows up or sends a messenger to say, it's time for you to go move. I'm just encouraging you this morning. We're then one of the thieves on the cross. Had nothing to offer. Didn't say a sinner's prayer. Didn't sing a hymn or a song. Come on now. Didn't do it the traditional way. Didn't do it the contemporary way. Didn't do it the way it's being done. He just tried to shush the other thief who was jumping all over Jesus. And then he looks at Jesus on the cross. And he says, Master, remember me. And Jesus looks at him and says, today, today, come on now. You don't think there cannot be some death, salvations, at death, salvations at the point of death? Amen. I've got to participate in many of those. I'm telling you, he's such a just God and loving God. You see, we were the mothers and fathers of Herod killing those children, those firstborn sons. That's you and I, the loss that you faced in your family. 
We were the servant. Some of us were actually the servant of the centurion. Some of us were the centurions who didn't know what was going to happen. He's on his deathbed, and he tells Jesus, you don't even have to go. You're a man of authority. Just speak it, and I know that my servant will be. Jesus can just speak something over your family member. Mm. Or we're the guy at the Gadarenes. Come on now. Demon-possessed, legions in him. Legions. And God sends his son there. The disciples think they're going to sink in a storm, but there was a purpose. Jesus told them to go to the other side. He knew they would get to the other side, even though he had to show up and calm their nerves. How many times did Jesus tell you and I to go, and then we get caught up in our circumstances? I can't do this, God. There's no way but there's somebody that's going to be set free over there. It's you and I. Or the ruler whose daughter had died. Come on now. This is what I want to see more of in today's age. And they come to him, and they say, hey, don't bother Jesus anymore, Master, because she's dead. And Jesus looks at him, and he goes, she's just asleep. I mean, that's a pretty bold statement. And he goes, and he prays for the little girl, and she rises from the grave. How many of us have had grave clothes on us like Lazarus, and people have given up on us? They put us in the tomb. They've thrown the keys away. God's never going to change them. They're too wicked, or what's going on? And all of a sudden, Jesus delays on purpose so that family members can even start doubting him. He delays on purpose. And then he says, Lazarus, come forth. Oh, my goodness. I got to meet Lazarus when I get to heaven. I got to ask him, how did you get that connection? Oh, my goodness. And you put up with those two sisters? Anyway, but... Or the man with the withered hand in the temple. And the priests are watching. And Jesus forgives his sins and then heals his withered hand. Those people are you and I today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We can trust him in this. We can trust him in this. I, I just... You and I were the little boy who had the loaves and the fish. And that's what we were packed by our mamas and told to make sure we eat it. And we go there, and all of a sudden the disciples say, what do you have? I've got five fish and two loaves. Uh, give me that. Huh? My mama packed that for me. And God took... From that little boy who came prepared. Come on now. Sometimes you need some people around you that are prepared. Are you getting this this morning? You need some prepared people. And it got multiplied, and there were 12 baskets full. I can imagine that little kid saying, hey, Mom, um, I brought this basket back. Or we're the Canaanite woman 
whose daughter was possessed. And Jesus looks at her. He says, I cannot give the food to the dogs. Come on now. You're thinking, oh, man, that sounds pretty harsh. Jesus, because you see, Jesus came at that point for the Jewish people. He was there to let them know he was the Messiah. I can't give the food that's for them to the dogs. And she goes, but master, even a dog, even a dog gets a crumb. And he's like, ooh, you got me, girl. You got me, girl. Your daughter's delivered. That's how much he loves us. Or the boy who had seizures. And the disciples couldn't cast the demon out. But Jesus did. All those people are you and I. They're all you and I. We've got to get that. We've got to understand that. Look at Ephesians 6, verse 10. We are living in a season where this is prime for us. It is prime time, to quote Deion Sanders. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over these, this place, this present darkness, sorry, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Verse 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand firm. These people that we just talked about that are all in the book of Matthew, majority of them that I just talked about, there's a few that, that were in another book, but just those 17 examples or so, they were able to press in and go and ask and reach out and get delivered, get to touch, get touched by Jesus. And God is saying, armor up, church. We are living in a time where we need to stand and stand alone for Jesus. Because as he provided and touched them under the rule of the Romans who were oppressing, taxing them, cruel to them, Jesus was still doing miracles. I want you to understand as you armor up, our God is still doing miracles today. No matter how bleak it looks, and I'm about to paint a bleak picture. Because I want you to see where we're at. I want you to understand where we're at. Stand there having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming darts of the evil one take, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times. They should have added something right there. Praying at all times. That prayer is your spear, your lance. 
praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with perseverance. Come on, now this is speaking to us right now because we've gone through the whole book of Ephesians. We've been talking about the struggles they had in Ephesians 4. We've been talking about the battles that have gone on and what Christ has done for us in the first three chapters on the identity of who we are in Christ. But Paul gets to the end and he's saying, listen, this is the most important thing you need to get out of this letter, Ephesus, is you need to stand armored up. You've got to persevere in times that look bleak. Persevere, making supplication for all the saints, praying for the saints, asking on their behalf, and also for me, that the words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly, as I ought to speak. So, Lord Jesus, help us not only to be hearers of your word. God, we want to be doers of your word. We want to be encouraged today to just open up and obey you, to be the men and women of God that you've called us to be, to love those around us, to turn the other cheek, to be bold, but to be spirit-led as we step out in Jesus' name. Amen. So we talked about Ephesians, the first half. It's about you being in Christ. You being forgiven, chosen, called. This last chapter is about how to dress, how to put on. People are like, well, every morning, you know, I get up and I put on the helmet of salvation and I put on the breastplate. Don't do that stuff. When you put it on, it's there, period. You don't have to go through that. When you ask for the Holy Spirit to infill you, overflow your life, fill you to overflow, you've got it. There are times you're going to stand. There's times you're going to walk in it. There's times you're going to be doing battle with it. We've been lavished with his love for a special season, a time such as this. I tell the staff, I tell people a lot. We were born for such a time as this. I looked at these pastors I was praying with y'all the other day, and I'm like, guys, it looks really bad, and God chose us. Oh, my. (laughs) We are here to do battle. We are warriors for Jesus, not cocky, not arrogance. I want to win souls. I want to disciple people. I want to see miracles. So step out and let's go. You had 23 people give their life to the Lord? Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. That's so uncommon today. What's wrong with us? It shouldn't even have to happen in the church. It should be happening in your life daily. Come on, you're to be out there. The church needs to go to the streets and tell them he loves them. He wants us rooted and grounded in love, not divisive, not self-seeking, not self-serving. You see, you've not been rejected today. You have been handpicked for this season. 
The shaking is evidence the enemy is desperate. He knows his days are numbered. The remnant is out and about their father's business, and there's an outpouring happening. You know, we've been praying. We've seen these pockets of revival, but I'm really disappointed. You shut it down? You move it? I want to question if it was really revival. Because when the Holy Ghost falls, you can't get away from it. I'm serious. I mean, when there was a move of God and I went to Brownsville and I was told you better get up early to go to get into that church that night. And I went over there at 7 o'clock in the morning and there were 400 people in line already. And I said, you've got to be kidding me, Jesus. I'm thinking there'll be nobody there. I'll go get me some breakfast. I'll come back. If nobody's there at lunch, I'll go get some lunch. I'm standing there all day, and people, before I know it, there's another thousand behind me. And I'm like, now I'm really in trouble. And then it comes a rainstorm, and I am a drowned rat. And I'm like, this has to be you. Because I'm telling you, I would do this for nobody else. 12 hours in the sun, in the rain, in the heat. As you could tell, my attitude was really good. And I go walking in. They say, hi, is this your first time? Yeah. Are you a minister? Do I look like one? I'm a drowned rat. Yes, I am. Oh, take him right to the front row. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't need to go. Take him right to the front row. That church was ice cold. Now, I'm wet. <laughs> they think the spirit's moving on me. I think it was some of those people, but it wasn't the spirit. <laughs> it was my wet flesh. And the Lord just told me, whoever wants to pray for you, let them pray for you. And I'm like, okay. And I go... Because this guy kind of motioned me, and I went over there. They called him the chaplain. He said, I need to pray for you. Okay. He prayed for me. He didn't push me or anything. All of a sudden, I knew I was on the ground, but I could not move. I couldn't open my eyes. I heard everything going on around me, but I could not move. And I'm like, now, again, I'm talking with God. Rain, sun, weight, air conditioning. Now I'm frozen in a position. <laughs> and they prayed with this woman. She had to be 400 pounds. Her bottom fell on my face. I could not move. I could not move. I was having a hard time breathing. And I heard the chaplain say, we better get her bottom off of him. She's going to smash that young man. And I'm like, so this is revival. I couldn't. And the next thing you know, the guy from Argentina who led the great Argentine revival 
couldn't even speak English is there. And I finally am able to get up, and I'm like, I'm moving to the back. now. I'm not going to have that happen anymore. It's 11.30 at night. I've got my hand on the sound, my elbow on the sound booth back there watching all this thinking, these people are nuts. <laughs> and I see somebody coming from our right with three people, and all of a sudden he goes. <laughs> I want He can't even speak English. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> he holds his hands up. I'm looking at his hands. I'm looking at him. He's like, I had a bad feeling about this. I said, I've already been down once. I put my hands on top of his hand. He shouted out. I went flying up in the air, hit the ground, could not move. Now, this time, my body was shaking. And my eyes were open. And I had a friend who was there. I didn't know he was going to be there. His name was Gary Quinn. And Gary walked over to me and he said, Owen, shake, 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 shake. And I started shaking worse. I'm like, shake, 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 shake. I'm like, if I get up, I'm going to kill you. Some of you are in church today say, what's this all about? I want you to understand, when God starts moving, real things happen that are un they're unordinary, and you cannot prevent what people being set free, demons crying out, people being healed, people being delivered. And, well, I don't want to be in a church like that. You better hope you can get in a church like that, because in these last days... In these last days, these woke pastors and these woke churches are going to be just like those that in Germany when Hitler was in charge and they were just letting all the stuff, people be murdered left and right and they just sang louder because they didn't want to be a part. I'm telling you, God wants you a part of what's going on. And when we take Romans and we take that verse in Romans that says to obey authorities, when you really look up the word in the Greek it says to obey the highest righteous authorities it's not talking about government it's talking about righteousness in Jesus Christ and you'll have to give an account and stand against abortion and stand against the sin and stand against the things that are not of God because God is saying, I'm calling you up to armor up because things are about to intensify. Well, I was visiting. I may not stay. Don't worry. There's been a lot of those folks. We've had regulars head on when I start talking about this liberal theology and not lining up with Scripture. And I pray for them. We're not arrogant. We're not proud. We just want God to do something. Israel right now is in a major battle. The country's been practically shut down. You've got the liberal side, and you've got Netanyahu, the conservative side, they're only being ruled by a Supreme Court. They don't have a constitution. Netanyahu's trying to get a constitution. The liberal side says, we don't want a constitution. So they've caused 
with George Soros rioting in the streets. They're rioting. Then all of a sudden, you see missiles coming in from Gaza. You see Iran supporting them. Iran sending stuff to Syria. Syria sending stuff in. Damascus, it says, in the last days will be destroyed. We're about to see the beginning of the Third World War. And watch out, because I believe it's going to start not with Russia and us. I think we're going to get sucked into what's going to happen right there surrounding Israel. Because Saudi Arabia had made a deal with Israel, but now the Saudis have made a deal with Iran, brokered by China, to sell their oil that away because they realize that all the stuff we're sending to Ukraine right now, and the Russians are capturing it, they're sending all that military equipment to be reverse engineered in Iran so that it could be used against us and against Israel. That's what's going on. And Ukraine is not winning. They're getting smoked, folks. That's the truth. You need to be praying because we are on the verge of something we have not seen in our lifetime. Armor up. Armor up. The stuff was leaked by this National Guardsman. In one of the statements, he made a statement that we have military on the ground, special forces in Ukraine. If that is true, they have broken the law. Every general, all the way up to our president, needs to be prosecuted if we have men and women actually fighting in a war that has not been declared by our Congress. This dictatorship, this authority that they don't have, that they seem to think you don't care. Well, they're about to get us into all kinds of trouble. Isaiah 5, 20 says, what is right is now evil, and what is evil is now good. We see that. Zechariah 12, 2 talks about Jerusalem becomes a cup of trembling. Luke 21, 20 says that things are going to happen in Jerusalem. We know in Revelations it says that two-thirds of the Jewish nation is destroyed. Only one-third is left. Are we about to enter into that? Yes, they've got a military, but they're no bigger than the state of Delaware. And if you've got Iran who probably has a nuclear bomb now, and you've got Syria, and you've got Lebanon and Gaza, and you've got things about to break loose there, and Netanyahu had just requested to come to the United States a week ago. He wanted to visit with our president, and our president said, and everybody knows this, we do not want you here. What message has that just sent to the world? This president is not going to defend Israel. Do what you want to do. We need to be praying for the peace of Israel. We've got this guy, George Soros. Lord, save him or... He's funding the riots in France. He funded riots in the United States. He's funding the stuff going on in Israel. Matthew 24, 7. 
talks about the end times. Iran is Persia. China, the dragon. China, the dragon that helps empower the beast. Get this now. An army that doesn't care what they do to women, children, prisoners. They do not care. Daring, daring us to do something so they can justify coming against the United States right now. We can't even put a military together because they're, these young men and women coming in are so out of shape, they can't, they're having a hard time just getting them in shape, much less getting them to be in there. China wants their currency to be the petrodollar, so everybody goes to them. Here's what I think is about to happen. Back in December, New York, for 12 weeks, said we are going to do a digital currency and we're going to give it a test run for 12 weeks starting in December. Wells Fargo, Citibank, part of the reserve for New York, are all part of it. So they did that for 12 weeks, testing this digital money. Because your dollar will be worth nothing. You may get 10 cents, maybe 10 cents on every dollar that you have if they go to a digital currency. No matter what you got in your retirement or whatever, you may get that. They will set up what China has already done. China has a digital currency. They follow you. They find out if you do this, you do that, if you go to church, if you give, all these stuff. And if you don't do what they want you to do, they control your finances and your ability to buy and sell because you have no money. It would not surprise me after 12 weeks we see a couple of major banks fall right after they stop, it wouldn't surprise me if we don't see in the next year tons of smaller banks start falling. And people are going to be freaking out because they can't get their money out of the bank, and all of a sudden, this digital currency with our government, you have to go to this and we'll keep you safe and we'll take care of it. Come on now. Just like so many people with COVID ran to the government and said, oh, take care of me. Let's do, do whatever they say. They're all about saving you. As they ran many small businesses out of business, isn't this a blessing this morning? I laid awake last night praying, Lord, are you sure you want me to talk about this? Because people don't like this. And it's funny. If you look at the Jewish holidays and some of the things, history tends to repeat itself on Hanukkah and 
World War I started on Hanukkah, right at the end of Hanukkah, the, the invasion. Where and that's going to come. Hanukkah is going to be like December the 7th through the 15th of this year. There's a lot of things that happen around that time with the Jewish holiday. As Christians, we understand there are patterns in the Bible, and history tends to repeat itself. So, Jesus is writing, speaking to the Jews about what's going to happen in the last days, in the last part of the book of Matthew. And he's telling them there's going to be wars and rumors of wars, and this is going to happen, and men are going to live for themselves. And, all of a sudden, and they're thinking, okay, well, the closest war to us was the War of the Maccabees. And then there was, before that, the temple was destroyed. So this is on their mind. This is what they've seen. And so when he's saying these are the things that are going to happen, they realize, oh, my gosh, that was really bad stuff. And he's telling us now this is going to happen again. And we know the temple was destroyed in 70 A.D. And we know that Israel became a nation in 1948. And we know that there is a soon coming king of kings coming. Well, praise God, we're going to be raptured. I hope we are. I'm sure during the plagues of Egypt, they thought we won't face the plagues. They faced the first three, the Israelites. They didn't face the last seven, but they faced the first three. Could, could it be a mid-trip? Then you got these people, then you've got... You've got the seven years of tribulation, and then you've got Jesus coming back. And then you've got a thousand-year millennial reign, and people are saying, well, we're going to be here till the end of the millennial, and then Jesus is going to come. That's not scripture. He didn't say that. you got all these woke people. I mean, oh, my gosh, I listened to four or five pastors apologize to the homosexual community for what Christians have done to them. The believers are not doing these things. They've chose to go into that field, that sin, and there are consequences for living like that. Lot was a righteous man in Sodom and Gomorrah. He was righteous, but yet even though he was there and he was trying to tell the people, they would not listen to his words. And finally, the angel said, get your family and go. Do you notice that his daughters came with his wife, but his son-in-laws did not, and they were married? But he said, here's my two daughters he offered to those people around his house. He said, they're virgins. These gals were married, but their husbands were perverted into a perverted lifestyle and didn't even become intimate with their wives. That's how bad it was. Guys, that's bad. We are going there quick. Ezekiel 36.8 talks about Israel coming back to the Lord. That will happen during that seven-year tribulation period. 
they will finally admit that Jesus, some of them, is Lord. And even when they became a nation, it wasn't some great spiritual thing. Most of the people, most of the Jews that came back to Israel were communist Jews, and they were atheists. So they didn't see it as anything spiritual. They were like, great, we're going to get our land back, and good. That was it. And according to Ezekiel 36, verses 25 and 29, he says, I will cleanse you of all your filthiness and idols. Isaiah 17, 4 talks about the destruction of Damascus and Syria. I could see during this war that's about to break loose, I call it World War III. I believe it's going to be very short-lived. Israel will win because they won't care what they use to stop people or who gets taken out. And probably Damascus will be destroyed. Now, in the following weeks, I'm going to break down the armor of God. <laughs> but I'm unloading the wagon on you right now because you need to hear it. So Hezbollah, Iran, Syria, man, they are coming. And Iran's just waiting. They're just waiting. We've given them all their money back, most of it. Iran believes that their mullah or mahdi, whatever he's called, cannot come back. Their spiritual beliefs is he can't come back until Jerusalem is destroyed. So to them, this is a spiritual war. We're going to destroy that nation so that this great leader can, can arise. You cannot talk or work with people that think that stuff. There's no compromise there. Zechariah 14 says that Persia will attack Israel. Iran is the home of Haman, who wanted to kill all the Jews. And Esther showed up. But that's where he's from. That hatred of Jews has been there for centuries. When Daniel fasted and he prayed, for that freedom, that miracle, and the angel said it took 20, 21 days. He said, the angel said, I was stopped by the prince of Persia. You don't think there's not a demonic stronghold there? And he had to call the angel Michael in to get a breakthrough. This is not a flesh and blood thing. This is a spiritual body. So what do we do? I'm going to wrap this up real quick. Maybe. I believe it's Revelation 12, 12 that says Satan goes to make war. You can read Mark 3.27. Talks a little bit about this. This is they consider this year the year of Jubilee. The year of freedom. 
Luke 21, verses 34 and 35, just talks about what's going on. I look at our government officials, and I don't believe they're dumb. I believe they are spiritually numb. They have no insight to what's going on. You could try talking with them, and it doesn't even... So what if banks start falling? They hope to have this digital currency within 18 months. I say they'll have it sooner than that. Because they want it to take place before the election in 2024. Because there's a puppet that strings are being pulled by evil, evil, demonic sources. They, that's why I believe China will end up attacking Taiwan. We get 85% of what we use in this nation from China. We are 15% of their GDP. Everything they produce, 15%. It will not hurt them if they can't send anything to the United States because the world is embracing them. But it will destroy us. You have heard me say it. I've done classes on it. Not paranoid, but prudent. You need to be having access to food, to water. If we are attacked and they shut down that grid, you can't get gas. If you live in the city, you cannot get water. It'll shut everything down. And they say if that happens and that goes on for three months, 90% of the population in the United States will die. What do we do? We're to be wise as serpents, gentle as doves. We may come to a situation where we have to barter, but the body of Christ needs to they get a heads up, they get an eye to take care of one another. Man, if you got one of those old pumps that don't use electric to your well, you can become our best friend. Because you can't live long without water. You can always see me, I'll give you a list of stuff to check out. Resources you can look at. I'm not a prepper. I'm just a Jesus freak that's going to watch what happened in Matthew with those stories that I quoted earlier of the miracle after miracle after miracle. People are going to need Jesus like never before, and they're going to need you praying for him and miracles taking place. You are going to be the hands, the voice, and the feet of Jesus. And you're not going to be all stingy you. You're going to be 
one of those little boys that offers up his food and watches it get multiplied. Come on now. This is not a time to live in fear. This is a time to armor up and live in the spirit and know exactly what God's wanting you to do. If you are in debt, you are in big time trouble. Because if you can't pay your debt, just like the World Economic Forum says, we will own everything by 2030. And you'll be glad we do. Aren't you feeling so encouraged today? And Jesus said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed out begging for bread. Come on now. You see, our problem is we've been woke in our walk with God. Oh, well, as long as we go to church, give a little bit, do a little bit. But I can go on vacation. I can buy this. I can, I can buy this. I can do this. I can do it. But let me tell you something. When all that stuff starts shutting down and you don't really know him, you're going to want to get to know him real quick. better start looking at some long-term food that lasts 20 and 25 years. I remember on a Wednesday night we were talking about this 15 years ago, and I went to Walmart, and I bought this bucket, this 25-year bucket of food. And I brought it in on Wednesday night. I said, you know what we're going to do tonight? Well, we're going to eat some of this. We're going to see if this will sustain us. And I cooked it up. No salt, no pepper, and I served it. What do you guys think? Man, this is some good soup. But you had to have some water. And it tasted good. I'm just asking you to ask the Lord, what can I do to help prepare my family I wish I had all those answers because we've never faced anything like that. I'm hoping listen to me I, I'm praying it's after I die yeah thanks no not really I'm just teasing I'm like I was born for such a time as this You see me riding my bicycle. Here comes Owen on visitation. Backpack with some food. Come on now, you laugh about it. I would buy me a bike if I were you. Some of you could use that bike now anyway. But uh, I really am going to focus on the belt of truth breastplate of righteousness but what I want you to understand if we've armored up and we're filled with spirit stand with me this morning you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit yes the Holy Spirit came into you when you asked Jesus into your life but there is a filling of the Spirit a power, a dutimous power, which means it takes the vessel and it fills it up and it's powerful. It's like 
You are full of the anointing of God because of the Holy Spirit. You need that. You need that feeling in your life. I'm not worried about you speaking in tongues. I grew up in a denomination. If you didn't speak in tongues, you didn't get filled with the Spirit. That's a crock. The evidence of being filled with the Spirit is you're able to go witness to somebody about Jesus. That is that deuteronomous power. You are willing to give a testimony of what Jesus has done for you. You are filled with the Spirit. And I'm about the gifts, but we, we highlight that stuff. And you're not going to see, as things get more intensified, a lot of teaching. People are going to be worried about the gifts. They're going to be worried about your witness. Can you stand with a gun pointed at your child's head or the threat of your wife being taken and put in prison? Can you still say, I am a believer and I love Jesus no matter what you do to me or my family. I will not deny him. I watch people believe this government and buy into stuff and take stuff and put stuff in their lives that they should have never done. And I thought, if they're that willing to do it over something that minute, they'll take the mark in a heartbeat. You better be armored up. So pray this prayer with me. If you want to be filled with the Spirit, I want everybody to say this out loud. Holy Spirit, I want to be full of you. I need an infilling of your power, your wisdom, your guidance, your comfort to flow through me. I want to be empowered so that I can do the things that God wants me to do. Not live in fear, not live in doubt, not listening to man, but trusting you, Holy Spirit, to direct my steps, give me a holy boldness, fill me fresh and anew right now. Now just lift your hands up and say, Holy Spirit, now fill me right now, a fresh and filling of your spirit in my life. I want it right now, Holy Spirit, fresh and filling in the mighty name of Jesus. You may get your heavenly legs. That's